The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, BronxPinstripes.com proudly brings to you the most exciting Yankees podcast in the world, George's Box. Welcome back to George's Box. I'm JJ. I'm Nick. We're recording early. We're recording on Sunday. It's 2.30 on Sunday. And it's a good day to be a Yankee fan. It's a great, great day to be a Yankee fan. I would go so far as to call this I the don't best know that week it's of the season. Double great, a great, great day. Oh, it's double great. Come on. This is the biggest, this is the biggest week of the season. And one <laughs> of the things, we record Mondays most of the time. So I think a lot of times we both almost make the mistake of just reacting to like the Sunday game or the Saturday game. But I, I, we have to start with that Blue Jays series because that was a, to me, that was a season altering type series to take three of four with half the team on the IL with all the shit, the Blue Jays were talking where we both are in the standings. I mean, it was massive. It was huge. It, you know, I think, you know, let's say this team can continue to chip away and eventually win a division it's going to be this series that everyone looks back on and says, you know, when did things turn around? Well, they turned around in Toronto during a very chippy, you know, uh, series where it wasn't just the shit talk that happened, you know, leading up to the season in the season. Um, but also, I mean, it, it was, a I don't even want to call it gamesmanship. There was just a lot of bullshit that was going around during that series and to overcome that as well is huge. It was massive. And this Blue Jays rivalry thing, it almost started out as a joke, right? In the offseason, Manoa calls Cole the biggest cheater in baseball history, which is obviously hyperbole. Vlad says he'll never, you know, step foot in a Yankee uniform and we're the easiest team to play against. And then it's kind of a joke. But then you get into the games and they're yelling at our base coaches for where they're standing and their announcers are accusing Judge of cheating. And it's it's almost like they gave us the wake up call that we needed and we weren't going to wake ourselves up. It's it's almost like they did us a favor, man. Like they woke us up for us. And yeah, it's like um, the only thing worse than getting your ass kicked is getting your ass kicked while someone talks shit to you. <laughs> and so like we weren't going to let them talk shit and kick our asses. No. You know, and I, I was I mean, you alluded to, to judge a little bit. I mean, judge is a monster. 
he is, you know, he's come out hot and, and you know, played that series hot. And, you know, I, I, I know you have your, your list of things to go to, but like, can we talk about the, uh, him looking away? Yeah, of course. Of course. What's your, what's your take on it? I mean, he did nothing wrong. I think it's you know, like that is baseball. So the same way, like I'm for, I'm for robo umps because umpires have just gotten so bad. Like, you know, it, it's just, they continue to get worse and worse and worse. And that's a major problem. But before that, I wasn't so formed. And one of the main things was, you know, when you're a pitcher and you get that outer edge and you try to see, can I get another inch? Can I get another inch? Can I get another inch? That's gamesmanship within the game of baseball, right? And looking at seeing a guy tipping pitches, relaying signs from second base, the guys on the field may not like it, and they have a ball to throw at each other if they don't like it. But if you're tipping your pitches and a guy in the dugout or a guy on deck or whatever can can give that to the batter, I'm fine with that. Where it becomes an issue, like the Astros stuff, is when technology is involved, when it's not just the guys on the field doing it, when someone else is involved in it or, or some other thing. So if at the end of the day it's a guy's tipping pitches and Rizzo picks up on it and can let you know that. But also beyond that, you know, is also the catcher. So I, I don't know if we, you know, will ever get the full story, but like the catcher was just setting up way too early and it made it easier to tell if a pitch is inside or outside. Yeah. There, there's so many reasons the cheating thing is ridiculous. First of all, this is the thing nobody's talking about. It's not even our stadium. The, the fact that people are saying, Oh, they have a camera set up. What do you think? We went in the off season, hit a camera opposing team stadium so that when we got there and turn it on so that's the number one thing number two is the blue jays use pitchcom pretty much exclusively so as you alluded to they were looking at where they were setting up and and the third point is even if they were tipping pitches that's completely legal the jays were reaching so i mean it, it was just such a such an embarrassing reach to try to say that he was cheating and all of a sudden you have like astros people coming out saying see it, it just it adds fuel to the fire but I mean, that the home run that Judge hit Tuesday night was such a just fuck you. The one that in the game that Herman got ejected, the one that yeah, went yeah. off the leaf. I mean, the that, that, that was just that, yeah. such a statement. And he kind of pimped it a little, which he never does. Made it look easy. Yeah. Took his time around the bases. Like, we need more of that. We needed some fuck you, I think. Yeah. I mean, the fuck you is nice. I care about the wins more, but it was. Um, there is a certain swagger you need to carry you through a season and to be a successful team. And this team has lacked it. This organization has lacked it. And, you know, as long as it doesn't become a distraction, um, you know, then yeah, let's, you know, let's, let's keep going. Let's, you know, be a little cocky when you do something right, but let's make sure we're doing the right things first. Of course, but it is nice. I mean, we've talked about this. We'll go back and forth shit talking with the Astros and then get walked off or we'll go back and forth during a game shit talking with the Red Sox and get walked off. Like it was nice to do shit talking and be on the winning side for once. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was good. I mean, it it was a a great series. It was a great uh, week. You know, a, a week ago, if we said, hey, we're when we get back together on Sunday, we're going to have gone six and one. No shot. Would have laughed at you. Yeah. And, you know, there there have been times where we've tried to give the games away. 
You know, it's not, we're not going out in a dominating fashion. Um, but I also think at the same time, you know, if you win every game 15 to two, eventually someone's going to find a hole in that. So we are winning competitive games. I wish we could hold on to leads a little better. We didn't need as much. You know, I, I think I tweeted the other day, you know, if, if someone just hits multiple home runs, we're a pretty unstoppable team. <laughs> That seems to be the formula that just going back to the Tuesday game and you talked about the bullpen, Herman obviously gets tossed and just obviously Herman is cheating. Like, let's not let's take the rose colored glasses off. He uses pine tar. He uses sticky tack. He's just too fucking stupid to to hide it. And the bullpen has to basically spin six shutout innings. They do. My concern is that, I mean, Peralta, Holmes, King, these guys are pretty much pitching every day. And at some point they're they're going to wear down. Yeah, I mean, we, what was it, 2017 when you got, you know, Chad Green opening games to decide the season in the ALCS. Like, that. that's where you end up with this. So, whether it's, you know, Seve coming back and, you know, he gave us four and two-thirds today and, you know, getting that stretched out to six to seven. Um, Cole continuing to do things. Nestor figuring things out. I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about Rodon at some point, but we do need some depth in our starts to give these guys, because it's not just a matter of like, well, you know, we, we've had a lot of bullpen innings this week. You know, we've had a lot of bullpen innings this season, and that adds up quickly. And there are only so many bullets that a guy has. So, you know, within the course of a season, and we're using them all up in April and May. We really are. Uh, and again, with no Canely, no Loisaga, it just adds more pressure to these guys. And they problem is they don't have a true closer. A true closer is a guy that comes in and gets strikeouts. You don't want like Clay Holmes is a he's a weak contact ground ball guy. And how many times have we seen over the years those chopping hits that become infield hits and Glaber throws it into center field? In the ninth inning, you want strikeouts. And Peralta's great. He's got ice in his veins. He's not a strikeout guy. Clay's not a strikeout guy. They don't really have a, a real candidate where you're like, oh, that's a closer. No, I mean, I said going into the season that it was a weird year as a Yankee fan because, like, we don't just have that closer. There is no big name at the back end of the bullpen. There's no bull, no big name in the bullpen. Like, you know, if you think about it, like, there was a point where we had Dellen, who was one of the best relievers in baseball. Um, who could have been a closer on pretty much any other team. Um, we had Andrew Miller and we had Rodless Chapman. Like we had three all-star closers at the same time. We had Chapman and Britain, Britain all-star closer. Now we've kind of got no one and no one's, you know, I mean, Peralta, Peralta's been, you know, good this season in general. But like you said, you want someone who's not going to let them put the ball in play. And we just don't have that guy. And whether it's someone steps up and takes that role or we make an acquisition, you know, if someone's trying to sell a closer later in the year, maybe that's something that happens. But, yeah, the bullpen's definitely a concern. And at some point, the bullpen will figure it out and the rotation will suck. And then once the rotation figures it all out, then the offense will suck. And that's why we're all stupid for liking a sport with 162 <laughs> regular season games. Really? <laughs> Really are stupid. Think about it. Think about how easy it is to be like a diehard football fan. 16 Sundays. You're always off. 
it's at you know four o'clock on a Sunday. You're never doing anything. It, yeah, commitment levels joke. People are like, I'm a diehard football fan. So what? What effort does that take? You complain about the occasional Thursday night game. Yeah. We got a Thursday night game this year. Or, oh, we're playing in London. Can you believe my football's on at 10 a.m.? Like, yeah, that sounds fucking great. Like, this 1130 game, like, I'm so happy to be done with baseball for the day. I love the timing of it. Uh, Peacock Peacock just sucked for me. Kept buffering. I was having all sorts of. How did you end up getting issues. into uh, Peacock? So um, I my parents have it, so I used there. Oh, okay, but it wouldn't work on my Xbox. I tried doing it on the computer, and like I had to do the thing where I put it on the laptop and then put the HDMI up. And Old it was, like, school buffering, man. It was it was a battle. Love love the timing. I love the eleven thirty start, especially with a kid now. But could could just could do with it back on MLB TV, man. It, it's I think it's the principle of like. We get MLB TV so that we can get every game, and we just don't get every game. Like it's just kind of annoying. yeah. We get we get MLB TV because we don't live in the region, so we're willing to pay for all the games. But then like you're selling off chunks of games, and the price is not going down for what I'm paying. Like you know, if I was right, getting right. if four years ago I was getting 81 games, the price has only gone up since then, and I'm only getting you know 70 or whatever it is. And we still need like I still have cable because when the Yankees are on Fox or ESPN or TNT or TBS or any of that other bullshit, you still need a cable subscription to watch those channels. So I'm paying for cable and MLB TV and then you're still dealing with this with this garbage. <laughs> yeah, I do YouTube TV and okay. I know yes is out there as like, you know, you could just buy you can just get yes for like as its own app. And I forget um, what the price market. Is. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I even then, that. like the the price, I thought was too high. Like, how many fucking Yankeeographies am I gonna watch? It was twenty. It's like twenty five a month or something. Yeah, it feels like a lot. <laughs> yeah, feels like a lot for like how many times am I gonna watch Larry David on center stage with Michael <laughs> K? Yeah, no, no. But I mean, look, it, this was again. I, I said you made fun of me for saying great twice. This was this was an incredible week, and I think it's just. Man, again, like shutting up Manoa and shutting up Vlad and the Yankees tweeting out, man, those Drake lyrics. It just it just felt so good to to just shut them up. And we're not going to we don't see the Blue Jays again until September 19th. That's the other reason that was so big is we we're not going to see them for four months. I mean, you had to get your licks in. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to just like watch kind of how this season develops, because we do have, you know, we have games in. That we're going to play the Orioles, but even though they are ahead of us right now, we, you know, they're fucking irrelevant. They're the Orioles. We've got a, you know, Red Sox games coming up in June, yes, but yes, to a certain, like, there's no juice there. No. Like, yes, yeah, so, like, there's as much juice for those games, probably less for those games than the Dodgers games the first weekend of June, because the Dodgers are a playoff team that we might have to, you know, you want to, play you know see how you stack up against good teams do a quick juice check and this isn't just for me or you let's just do the fan base is all here's how i would rank the juice i think the astros are still one that yep. i think toronto yep. uh then tampa boston fourth yeah which is crazy yeah and like the only reason the rays are third and not second is because the blue jays talk shit yes 
Like, yes. that's a straight shit talk thing. Like, in terms of, like, which games matter the most or have mattered the most over the, like, past couple of years, it's the Rays. I think the Rays talk an appropriate amount of shit for how good they are. Like, Kevin Cash will get his digs in. A Rose Arena will shit talk a little bit. But they're great, and they back it up. The Blue Jays just, just kind of talk constantly. Well, I think so many of the Rays, you know, obviously Cash isn't going anywhere. Rose Arena's not going anywhere. But... So many of them probably don't talk shit because, you know, who knows where they're going to end up right. next month. Yeah. And they've lost two two stud pitchers, Rossman and I forget the other guy's name, but basically they're number two and they're number threes behind McClanahan are both out for at least two, three months. And I think we're only creeping up six and a half back of the Rays. We don't see them again. Isn't Glasnow on a rehab assignment, though? He's on a rehab assignment and got pulled from it with another setback. Oh, I can see that. Can yeah. See that. He's been out, it seems like, for like three years. Yeah, he <laughs> has been. He's been struggling. He's a handsome guy. He is. <laughs> he is. It's a guy It's like, well, what are you, fucking 6'6", six, six, handsome and rich? Get fucked. And, and throw 102. Yeah. It's like God um, gave this guy everything. It, during the, the series – with the uh, Blue Jays, one thing that I noticed is like Kay did say his name like as it went on, but the beginning of that series, he just kept saying the Ra- the Blue Jays manager, Blue Jays manager, Blue- like he's a nobody, like he's just a, he's a fucking nobody, doesn't matter, no one cares about you, you're getting your cup of coffee here in the bigs. He was he was disrespecting him and he was so fired up after they won the game that Herman got ejected. Like he he had some sort of line. I don't I don't want to misquote him, but all the unfounded noise made by the Blue Jays at our slugger Aaron Judge. Like Michael K took that shit personally. We talk, he's a yes guy, diehard company guy, been with the organization for twenty five years. Like he took that personally. So I don't think Michael K is a diehard company guy. Interesting. I think Michael K is bigger than the Yes Network. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's one of those things where, like, hey, it was a great opportunity for him when he got it, you know, moving over from radio. But he's the voice of the Yankees. If, let's say, Yes disappeared and they moved to, like, having all their local games on MSG like they used to or even on, like, you know, Channel 11, those places would go after K like K is the voice of the Yankees. So, and I think he knows that I think the success of his radio show and, you know, part of that is Francesa leaving and stuff. Um, he doesn't give a fuck. And he's also like, he's a dude from the Bronx. He wants a world series as much as you and I want a world series. It's not extra games for him. It's not extra money for him. Like there's nothing like the playoffs for Michael K is just fandom. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. Um, but yeah, I wasn't even, and I wasn't even going for the, oh, he he's a company guy for how I was just going for as like a diehard Yankee guy. Like he took yeah, it personally. But I, yeah, I think he's a Yankee. It, we're seeing more and more of him as like just a, an old school New York Yankee fan. Yeah. Than the, the professional broadcaster that he also is because he criticizes the team more than anyone else in the media. Most of it's happening on ESPN. Um, he criticizes the team some during the actual games, you know, especially as the season drags on. Um, so I think we're just seeing like the realness of a Yankee fan who wants to win a world series the same way we do. And he, ta- you know, and it's not personal 
I so like, yes, he took it personal, but I don't think he took it personal as like, that's a team I cover for work. He took it personal as like, I'm a fucking New Yorker and those are the Yankees. And so you can get fucked. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I, I do have a couple of things with Ke- like the, not to nitpick him, but when I do wish he'd call out when like Glaber and Donaldson pimp the balls off the wall and he doesn't really call that out. Like there are things I can nitpick, but overall I do like K I'd say Michael K is an announcer. I'm like an eight out of 10. Like I yeah. do enjoy him. I'm, I'm definitely, there's just a couple of things I, you know, that, that bother me from time to time, but overall I definitely enjoy him. Yeah, I think he is. I, I I really like him. I think he's gotten like better over the years. Yeah, I think he's not that full of. I think he came across as more full of himself early on in his broadcast career, and a lot of that's gone away. Um, but like it does feel like one of us out there. Like he he's repping Yankee fans well. He is. He is. And this look, this race series just kind of kind of handled business you're going to get with this balanced schedule you're going to get a guaranteed amount of cupcakes the a's were three cupcakes the reds three cupcakes we'll get the nationals we'll get the pirates more cupcakes on the way for dessert but you got to eat them and the yankees ate all three of the cupcakes that were in front of them and that goes a long way towards getting those 95 wins it's just handling business against the losers yeah you gotta like it's easy to lose focus on what where um I don't I have a guy slacking me. It's a Sunday. Dude, Why is someone fuck? slacking me? That's savage, man. Asking me about like what hotel where I'm staying at in two weeks. <laughs> I could see your face is something. I'm something just like, was what up. the fuck is going on? I don't even remember what we were talking about. I was so thrown off. By I it. think you were gonna say like, oh, we this could have been a letdown series coming off of the Jays. Like this would have been a yeah. Like no, no. I think we, like we all get caught up in the like the playoff teams you know all the astros we gotta beat the astros but like you only play the astros seven times you only play the blue jays down like 13 times you've got to capitalize on these other games and there's going to be times when the schedule's really hard which like in theory we just went through a a really hard schedule exactly exactly playing the blue jays playing the rays twice um you never you know at one point Earlier in the season, I think the Reds were playing like decently. They they stink now. So you got to capitalize on that and Oakland and then get ready for a like on, you know, in the standings, they're better than us. But like, I don't think the Orioles are, are a team that's better than us. And I think it's easy to take two or three from there and then ramp up for like a really a struggling Padres team. Like you wouldn't think at the beginning of the season, the Padres would be five, six games under 500 in late May, but they are. No, and we're getting the Padres at a good time, and, and I'll be there Saturday, May 27th, for $75. You get a ticket in Section 205 pregame at the dugout. It starts at 10.30, and look, let me plead to some listeners out there just for something. I am a guy that, full full honesty, full transparency, I'm not a guy that would just show up to an event by myself like that and just show up without any friends or anything. I'm, I probably wouldn't be comfortable doing it. If you are somebody that's like, oh, this sounds fun, but I don't have anybody to go with and I don't really want to go alone, just go and start talking to people. It is the least clickiest environment. If you like the Yankees and you enjoy having a few beers, you will find people to talk with. It is a ton of fun. And I know you always have the thing like, oh, you go with one person. It's fun. You go with two people. It's more fun. Like going with 25, 30, 35 or however many we have coming out. It's even more fun. So on that note. The latest weather 
for that day where I live is 67 and raining. I have not looked to see what is in the Bronx, but if it looks like it's going to be a washout of a day, you never know who might pop up at the stadium. You never know who you might see. You never know. You're saying you're more more likely to come if it's raining. That's your. I'm saying if it's raining here, right? Yeah. And so I'm not going to. I don't like the barbecue we're supposed to go to. Oh, right. Happening. Okay. Interesting. Hmm. And I then, thought you were like trying to downplay, like depromote the event by saying it was going to rain. I'm like, what no, the hell? No, no. I'm saying you never know. You, you right. never know. Like I got, I'm on a plane tomorrow morning to Arizona. I'm on a plane Thursday morning back. I land late in the afternoon. I'm supposed to be off Friday. I got to go pick up me. I got to do some things. You're supposed to have people over Sunday. You know, if I'm ahead of my tasks and my other activities are canceled. You never know. You never know who you're going to see when you go to the big city. Even more reason to come out. But no, it's going to be a big – even even though they're, the Padres are struggling, it's still Soto, Bogarts, Machado, and Tatis. Like I'm never taking that team lightly. I don't care what their record is. Oh, yeah. I mean that's uh, one where you you could easily lose two of three or – you know, because you just overlook a team that's full of all-stars – that may be competitive later in the season. They're trying to like figure out their, you know, who they are as a team. Tatis has been back for a little bit now. So I don't, um, yeah, you can't look past them at all. And I don't know, obviously the going coast to coast is hard. I don't know if the Padres, if we're like the start of their East coast trip or the end of it, if they're on the East coast this week, maybe playing the, Mets or the Phillies or something, um, but it, it might even be an advantage if we're if we're that first first leg of it. They're uh, no, they're going to be with the Nationals. They've okay. got the they've had the Red Sox this weekend, and then they fly to Washington. All right, so, well, hey, the end's not bad either. They've been out here for a while. Maybe they're looking ahead, looking to fly back after this ten day. I mean, they're staying. Back. They're staying to play the Marlins. Gee, so that's. So just spin it for one wow. more. Ah, maybe you get them in the middle. They're not paying attention. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Everyone an thinks angle about here. the bread in the sandwich. No one thinks about the meat in the middle. Dang, that's a long, that's a long trip. Jesus, four teams. We never do that. No, 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 no. no. They, the Red Sox are in San Diego. So oh, okay. DC, New York, Miami. Okay, that makes more sense. I thought you meant like they were in Boston first. No, no, yeah, no. That would be a lot. Who's going to pitch Friday? So they sent Brito down yesterday. They'll probably bring him back. Oh, they're going to bring him back. Yeah, that's just like a clearing a roster spot. But for they right did now. that for Seve. So who would they send down to have Brito start? Like one of those some outfielders? Oh, okay. Yeah, some reliever and outfielder. I mean, you see where the arms are. And one of those things like whoever they send down doesn't even leave. Brito comes up, makes a start, goes back. Ah, uh, okay. Because I was wondering if they were going to do like a bullpen game instead of Brito, and that's why they sent him down. But if you're saying they can just pop him back up, then then that would make sense. Well, because wait, when did, he's got to go down for ten days, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I, don't, I don't know yeah. these rules that well. Um, yeah, I don't know what they're going to do. I think it's too early in the season to have bullpen games. 
Me too. It would be because I think it's this, this Orioles series is going to go Cole, Nestor, Clark, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Friday would be Brito's day. Hmm. And then it would be Severino on Saturday unless they do Sevy Friday and then they try to do a bullpen game on Saturday. This is I I tricky. Hate, yeah, no, this is this is a tough one because, yeah, I think they did. When did he get sent down? I I don't think it'll be 10 days. And I think you got to go 10 days now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know who it's going to be then. Hopefully not a bullpen game. Maybe they'll call someone else up for the spot start. And remember, this all stems from the Herman, the Herman ejection because they right they Herman suspended and you can't replace him. So they are playing with twenty five for the next. I guess they're halfway through a suspension. Yeah, ten days. Yeah, and I mean, I think like you said, you know, it's pretty clear. Like these guys are. The players have said, like, we need something so that we don't lose the ball so it doesn't slip away, which makes sense. And it's clear that some guys are doing too much stuff. I think, like, Scherzer ran into it. You know, there's been a couple of guys. Even they made Schmidt wash his hands the other day. Yeah. So, and I get the frustration on the player and manager side because it's just like, there is no, there there is no like oh they, like this is too sticky this is fine like there there's no rule it's a judgment call, and I don't know that like I wouldn't say that Herman or Scherzer are like out there like trying to cheat to like gain an advantage, I, like to be like oh I'm gonna do this and this is gonna get my RPMs up, uh but I think it's more of just like I'm gonna do this. So I can grip the ball and be comfortable executing my pitches. Um, and I think the league just has to figure something out, like spray all the balls down. There's been talk about investing every stadium, getting, you know, these machines uh, and make it uniform. I think it would solve a lot of these problems because it's just another case. Like when something comes up like this, where it's like it's the umpire show again. I agree with you that it should be a little bit less subjective, but I, I disagree. I mean, Herman, he'd been warned once. There was clearly pine tar on his pants. Like he he was clearly knowingly breaking the rule. It, it wasn't just rosin. They they showed the pine tar on his pants. I'm pretty sure he had pine tar the other time that he got warned and had to wash his hands. And my frustration with him is you know, you've already been warned once. Like you, you have to have your guard up. He, I guess he thought he could keep just kind of skating by and, and nobody would notice. And, Look, it did hurt the team, and it. I pretty much, I mean, you can't draw a complete conclusion, but pretty much the reason Ian Hamilton got injured, he came in, he had to rush his warm-up, and he pulled his groin. Like, there yeah. are residual effects from that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. For pitchers, it's 15 days that they've got to stay down. All right, so it won't be Brito. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what they're. What their but plan yeah, is. I mean, we're, we're in we're in a tough spot. I do. I like the idea that if a guy's thrown out for that, it's an automatic suspension. It's a set number of days and that the team has to play short. It is a good rule. I just wish it wasn't happening to us. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, I wish Domingo Herman was smarter, but I do like a like you do this thing, which, yes, there is judgment in deciding 
whether you've done it or not, which makes it tough. But if found guilty of this thing, this is the sentence. We're not, you know, we're not going to reduce it. And then, like, here's how it impacts your entire team and organization. I like that. No, I did, too. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Did you notice anything waking up today different? Like in the world? Yeah, to me, the air was fresher. The sun was shining. Oh, we're going to go I heard birds chirping, and I woke up, and I was like, wow, Aaron Hicks is no longer a Yankee. And it was one of the most refreshing feelings I've ever had. So you know how, like, I'll come into the show – and so I get I hate to call it a bit, but I'll have like I'll have a bit that I'm, I've decided to do, yeah. you know, and like sometimes the bit takes over as I like get deeper into it, like trading Aaron Judge. I had earlier because when we, we released him on Saturday, Saturday. Yeah. Earlier in the day, Saturday, I was doing player comparisons between Aaron Hicks's season and a rod when we released him <laughs> and i was that was gonna be my thing i was coming into this show and i was gonna talk about like at what point do we realistically start comparing like a rod played in 65 games he had nine home runs this guy's played in 15 he's got one home run he's batting 198 a rod was at least batting 200 da 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 and the yankees shocked me and took that from me so shocking because Cal or Cal hash hash cash and how did their two things that they hate doing the most. Brian Cashman. There's one thing he hates doing the most. It's admitting that he was wrong, admitting failure. Has he ever done that? Has he done that, though? Did he say like, ah, you know, it didn't work out. We shouldn't give him. The oh, no, deal? he won't. But through his action, through their actions, he admitted okay. failure. And how did his least favorite thing, which was eat dead money. And to yeah. see that happen on the same day, 
was just was just a beautiful thing. And look, there's the phrase addition by subtraction. We all know what it means. He was a toxic presence. He complained all the time. He sucked at baseball, lackadaisical effort, got to a point where he wasn't even acknowledging the bleacher creatures. It, it was just a bad fucking situation. And it is addition by subtraction. I'll tell you what, though, if you were like, hey, Aaron Hicks is going to get DFA this year. I didn't think it was going to be for Greg Allen in Cincinnati. Just did not have that on my bingo card at all. Like on a random Saturday, like I don't think I don't think Hicks was worrying about it. Like, I'm sure there are times when Hicks was like, fuck, man, are they going to DFA me? Like they said, Donaldson started a rehab assignment. Like, is this it? Do I only do I have four to six appearances uh, at Somerset between me and being released? And then boom, Greg Allen. Did not see it coming. Big triple on Sunday for Allen. I mean, it it meant nothing, but yeah, yeah, he hit a two out triple. Triples are exciting at, at any point. And the thing with Hicks, I thought they were just going to find a team and tr- and trade him and I eat they, I money. Think they still, they still could. Yeah, if they are like you know, if some team is like, well, we'll give you something, we'll give you anything, and we'll pay the league minimum versus they have to get in line. But I don't think there's eh, I don't think there's a line of suitors to pick up Aaron Hicks. No, minimum. <laughs> no, it was it, it's it, it's everything that you want, right? Because we, we used to complain, oh, they're just playing because of his contract. Let's play the guys on merit and not because whose dad's the coach. You always do the kid to play shorts because yeah. his dad's a coach like get that shit out of here that's for little league that's not for fucking major league baseball and the yankees it's that kid great died last going. week damn really the real kid, like damn. the person i think of when i say it he died Jeez. last week that's a somber turn yeah, yeah we shouldn't we shouldn't laugh but it is funny i didn't make that connection until you just said that i was like oh damn yeah he just did he died fentanyl told you drugs hicks is gone <laughs> Hicks is gone, and it's like, it's great because here's the thing. Like you said, it's addition by subtraction. The team didn't get dramatically better. It's not like we traded shitty Hicks for Barry Bonds, but it's just like, it's a thing that happened that we all knew had to happen. Everyone knew had to happen. Everyone knew with a brain. And it's almost like, I don't know, when you put something off, so like, I got an extension on my taxes because, like, I went to my accountant too late. And now it's up to me to follow up with him so I can file my taxes. And I haven't done that. And I need to do that. And I keep putting it off. And I know that when I do it, it's going to take me 10 minutes. But I just keep putting it off, putting it off. We do these with tasks all the time. And that's what Aaron Hicks became. And, like, (laughs) all right, it's done. It, It wasn't that hard. Really wasn't, really wasn't. And now, you know, they have guys, I think Bauer's showing that he can play every day at a semi-competent level, helped. Obviously, you had Allen, they have they have uh, Calhoun and, and all these guys. So, yeah, he's he's gone. It's it's going to be nice. I, I was at the point where I was just bored of ripping on him and try. It's like it was just pi- it became to a point where we were all piling on. It, yeah, he hit a point. It was like with uh, with Joey Gallo last year yes. where it just hit a point where it's like, all right, now we're just being mean or like, you know, the guy's packing his shit anyway. What do you think if you're Aaron Hicks, right? And you just get DFA'd in Cincinnati, right? So like you're in a gate, you're, you're there Friday. I forget. Did he play on Friday? Oh, that's a good question. I'm pulling up the box score. 
but like you know you're packed for a road trip you're go- you know and this is the end of it now you get dfa'd in cincinnati obviously yeah hicks did play on friday he got pinch hit for by dj LeMahieu. that was it um in the seventh what like i mean where do you go i guess you're just like yeah get me on the first first class he's arizona he lives in arizona right i think he's in arizona yeah i think he lives in arizona he's from like you know southern california like him him uh higgy and cole all played together when they were kids yeah i think he's on the first flight back to arizona and he's just like i would dude i wouldn't surprise me if he tries to get into golf like do you think like if you were him i don't think his career is over dude hitting 180 with no athleticism left, very little power. You, you think somebody's going to want him? I mean, I mean it's not like he's a guy that boosts the, morale. It's not like, oh, you he get him for the major league minimum. And you're going to get minimum production. I, I don't know, man. A 30, he's what, 33? What, what is the upside in, in a team bringing so him he's in? 33. He's got $10.5 million this year. Nine and a half next year, nine and a half the year in 2025. There's a club option <laughs> for twelve and a half million in 2026. Maybe we take that. <laughs> um, and a million dollar buyout for that. So he's got the rest of this year, and then he's going to make another tw- He's got another twenty million dollars coming his way. Nine five nine five and then that million dollar buyout. And also, here's the thing that I didn't realize: if he gets traded, million dollar bonus. So like, I yeah. So now I don't think now that we've DFA'd him, I don't think we trade him because we would have to pay a million (laughs) dollars to trade him as well. And they don't want to get they don't want to give him any more money. And and again, a contract that we didn't know each other at the time, but I was always against it. To me, it never made sense. He had one good year in 2018 and Cashman immediately goes, yes, seven years. Sign me up that there was nobody else lined up to lined up looking for him. That That's why the seven year commitment never made sense to me. I didn't hate it. Um, seven years is a lot. But again, I said when he signed that contract. We'll be able to walk away from it. If they, they did. <laughs> yeah. Like if the, you know, you can, it's an amount of money that you can walk away from. So he's going to finish this contract having made $63 million. Cause I don't think it was a clean 70 cause he only made 6 million in 2019. Um, but yeah, no, he's going to make, yeah, a lot of fucking money. It's it's disappointing. And me and you used to like make fun of the people that did like the DD farewells and the like I miss DD and what tributes. I'm seeing I was seeing some hick stuff like oh, what a great what a great Yankee he had eight great years here. The guy had one one good season out of eight. One. What 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 are we what are we farewelling for? I saw like oh when he comes back in another uniform we need to cheer for him. No, dude, he's lucky I don't hit him with my car. <laughs> like that's where we're at with Aaron Hicks. He did have the one. He had one sick moment, the home run off Verlander. We were both at that game, I think. Yeah, he was supposed to, but we told him to shut it down and go home. 
Yeah. And he showed up to be like, no, I'll take someone's fucking spot on this playoff roster. And he didn't do much. He hit that home run. Great. And that, and that was it. Yeah. He, he has made. He's made $50 million so far. He's going to make 70 something million dollars in his career. Good for him. Yeah, I don't think he's done, though. You think he gets another job? Okay. I mean, I, I don't know of like, I haven't looked up possible landing spots for him or thought like too much of it. Part of it is like, if some team goes like, hey, we want you, you got to go to AAA for like two weeks and play every day. Like, you haven't been playing a lot. You got to play every day. Like, does he take that? I, I think he has way too much pride. But staying in the center field or outfield category, Harrison Bader is a fucking joy to watch. The way that he plays the outfield and just sprints to the spot that the ball's going to land and is just waiting for it. And the way he throws the ball in, I just love watching him move around in the outfield. It's like he's like an artist out there, man. It's amazing. My biggest concern for Harrison Bader is all the people around him that are not outfielders. Because, like, we saw it today, again, with IKF, with them, like, right yes, next to each yes, other. Yes, yes, Like, he is a guy who he he's excited to be out there. He can fly. And I worry about either an injury, like he almost had a head injury a couple weeks ago. Or, like, when you've got a guy like that, to a certain extent, He's got to be able to go out there and fly and not think about the other guys yes. to know the other guys are going to know how to play the outfield and get out of his way. Now, you're 100 percent right. And especially when you have an infielder in IKF who's playing left field, that IKF has to de- defer on everything, man, like everything. Yeah. This is the second time he did it. And anybody that ever played three minutes of baseball knows anything the center fielder can get to. It's his IKF has cross that twice but we also saw Bader have a communication issue with Judge in that playoff game where we at where we were at where they were both calling for it he called off Judge at the last second and then I think he was the one that dropped it so they do have some major communication issues in the outfield but again so many moving parts yeah Judge in center and now he's back yeah. right you got IKF out and left Oswaldo's played fucking all 15 different positions yeah I, and that's why I just think like my my biggest concern when it comes to Harrison Bader is someone hurting him because they don't know what they're doing. But, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, he's got maybe a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because he's a younger guy. I'm sure he's online. He reads. He knows that there are people like us who are like, we traded for a guy in a fucking boot. And he came and he was healthy for a little bit and he missed the beginning of the season and the season's falling apart. And I don't know, like, if he made specific adjustments or whatever, but he's, you know, he's he's playing great. And I don't have it in front of me, but, I mean, their record without him, I think, was around 500, and their record with him is at least seven or eight games over. I mean, it's been a clear – it's a clear difference. And Judge did play a valiant, a valiant center field, but Bader just has a different energy out there. Every ball, especially that Blue Jays – Series when they're hitting line drives and you're like, oh, shit, off the bat. And he's just standing there waiting for it. It's just such a calming presence. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's nice to not have to to worry about it. You know, he stayed hot. Volpe stayed hot. You know that, you know, he's he's delivered in key areas. He has and I'm on his baseball reference page. So it says he has three home runs. I don't know if that's including. Sunday's home run. I he think he might se- have he has four. seven home runs on the season. Volpe has seven home runs. I'm talking about Bader. Sorry. 
Oh, Bader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm seeing so. three, but he hit one today, and I don't know if they're Yeah, he's got three. No, that doesn't include it. That okay, was, so he's got four. So that's four home runs in basically two weeks that he's been back. So the power that we saw in the postseason looks to maybe be real. He's hitting 280? Yeah, like I don't know if he is a, you know, uh, I, don't, I don't think he's like a 40 home run guy. I think, no. it, you know, it probably comes in bunches. But yeah, while he's hot, play it hot. The the issue is like he's batting two twenty two seventy seven now. He he was batting three hundred when we talked a week ago. And I know it's easy to go down when you're not getting hits, but at the same time, Volpe has had, you know, some key hits here and there, added a, a double for an RBI. Um and but he's only now he's batting two twelve, down from two eighteen. Yeah, let's talk a little Volpe. So he's having Volpe is having kind of a weird season. Like Defensive metrics are really strong. He's got a positive outs above average, a positive defensive run saved. I think he's like fourth or fifth amongst all shortstops defensively, which is great. Stolen bases, he's 13 for 13 or 14 for 14, whatever has been great. OBP is under 300, 299, batting 211. He does have the seven home runs, and most of them have come in big spots. He does have some game-tying hits. To me, it's just almost too early to, to make a judgment yet. On this season. Yeah, no, I mean, I think he's going to be a rookie of the year contender. Uh, I'd like if they didn't have to wait till the all-star break to to figure out. But like something has got to be done to cut off, to cut down on the strikeouts. He's got yes. 58 strikeouts. He leads the team in strikeouts. That's Aaron Judge's job. <laughs> and one of the announcers, I forget if it was if it was Peacock or yes, was talking about how issue with Volpe is when his front shoulder flies open. And that's a very common thing in baseball, especially amongst younger players. So you think that's something that would be correctable? Yeah, yeah. I think he's just trying to like he's the ball's coming in faster. It moves more than it ever has. And he's trying to get ahead of that. And sometimes you lose it. But it does seem like when it's a big moment, it's almost like things slow down for him. So he's got to find a way to. And like I said, it's it's table setting so it is like is he trying to hit a five run home run with no one on base a little bit the home run that he made or the, that he hit off the foul pole against toronto that was a rocket on yeah. thursday yep yeah yeah that was a line drive yeah. Set, yeah so like i i think the the kids got it like defensively everything's comfortable big moments things are comfortable it's the rest of the time where it's you know whatever it's a 4-2 game and you're up in the sixth inning to lead off like we need you to get on base because we need that to be 6-2 pretty quickly just some more yeah more hits i mean get get that 211 up to 250 and get that 299 obp up to like 330 you know what i mean like nothing nothing crazy just a little bit little little more offense yeah like i you know i'd like to see like I don't think he's going to really have the opportunity like where he hits to work the count as much. No. You know, he's not going to be a huge walks guy. But it's the the swing and the miss and we've seen, I mean, they said it on the game today, like put the ball in play for a reason. We had the ball hit second base today. He did. Yes. Um another infielder. And I I've been bagging on him a lot, but it's just he keeps giving me a reason to is uh it's Glaber Torres in the I think it was the Tuesday Blue Jays game. He had two outs on the bases and two errors, which is basically four errors. Yeah. I mean, he's and, and again, he hit the home run today. He does have six home runs. 
He gives you the occasional. He's got pop. seven now. That was his seventh. That was his seventh. Man, baseball reference is is making me look bad here. Uh, he's got a. To me, it doesn't. Those occasional pops don't outweigh the constant mental breakdowns and lapses in concentration. Yeah, I don't pay uh, as much attention to baseball as a whole as I used to. Did you know that Cincinnati was pretty much Coors Field? Uh, I knew it was a hitter's park. I didn't know it was number one. I knew it. Yeah, I knew. I knew it was a hitter's park. But yeah, like some of them, like that was a flick of the wrist to get yes. that out. Some of these home runs, it was just like, what? That's gonna go. And Bayers um, today too. Yeah. So, you know, I think more and more people are talking about, especially now that um, Peraza is back in AAA, yeah. and he's performing. And he's performing well that it's like, well, we do have this possible trade piece um, like someone's got to go. And one of them's going to ask for a big contract in the next two and a half years. So. I think a, a Glaber trade really makes a lot of sense for the Yankees. I don't know that people are dying to get him, but seven home runs, 253. He's. He's tried to be more athletic this year. He's got five stolen bases, but he's got caught four times. Like it's getting thrown out on the fucking base path when you don't matter that much. That's a huge issue. It it is, and again, it the, the mental stuff. I mean, when he throwing to the wrong base, like very, very, very elementary level stuff that he there was wrong. a ball today, like maybe like the sixth inning, he was charging and threw like across his body, and it was fine. But like I had a heart attack. Yeah, you just you just can't trust him. You just can't trust him. You have to hope we need to hope that he goes on like one of his three week tears from July 8th to July 29th and the Yankees can get good value for him. I mean, that should be the end goal to me. And I texted you this this week. I wouldn't mind with with how bad he's been mentally. I wouldn't mind a couple days a week letting IKF play third and letting DJ play second and put Glaber on the bench. IKF is he's hit two home runs. He's going to hustle. He's going to run the bases. You know, the effort's going to be there every single time. So the floor is almost higher. Yeah. I mean, IKF plays like he's going to be a free agent at the end of the year and he needs another contract and Glaber plays like he's going to be a free agent in a year and a half and needs that big contract then and needs to still <laughs> be around then. I thought you were gonna say plays like he just got the big contract. Either one. No, I mean like he does. Like no, like I mean if Glaber doesn't strike you as a guy because next year is the last year on his contract, yes, right? Yes. He's gonna hit forty home runs next year, like guaranteed. Guaranteed, he's gonna put, and then he'll play second base in a folding chair like Robinson Cano did. Yeah, yeah. My dad calls Glaber Cano with half the talent. It's just like. Because they're yeah, both like, you know, it's like, uh, yeah. And he's just like, like we've said all along, he is a, like one game to the next, like one game, he'll be great. The next he'll be, ter- he'll be terrible. Yeah. We got to hope we really have to hope that they get some value for him. And like you said, Peraza is healthy in triple a going to make that more of a conversation. And look, the fact that they DFA Hicks, it, it does give you hope that they'll, that eventually they, they will do the right thing and just play play the best people. We got a big – this Orioles series, like when you, when you looked in the schedule in March, you're like, ah, oh, Orioles in May during the week, whatever. This is a pretty big series. Yeah, it went from just the like – like you said of like, oh, that'll be a, a night. Like I wouldn't even think about that series when I first went through it. No. Like, oh, 
great. Good thing they have that on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so they're not wasting a weekend series in the Bronx on these guys is exactly what I would have thought. And now it's a substantial series. And they did not see that coming. Again, I don't think the Orioles are for real. I get it. They're young. They're exciting. They've got a good core, a good farm system. It's not for this year. So, and this would be a good, you know, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the mouth. It's probably a good time to punch these guys in the mouth. It, it would be great. It would be great. We're two and a half back of them now. Uh, they're playing at Toronto, so it could be could be three, could be two. By the they're time two Tuesday, one in the bottom of the sixth. Oh, they're gonna sweep. That'd be awesome if they sweep the Blue Jays. I, I kind of like seeing the Blue Jays get get punched in the mouth. But we have Cole, Nestor, and Clark. You got to grab two. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got to. Hope Cole's Tuesday, right? Yeah, and then Nestor. So you win Tuesday. Hope Nestor's himself. It makes Wednesday, it makes Thursday a lot easier. You're probably going to see a punt lineup out of fucking Boone because guys just had the day off on Monday. So probably give everyone a day off on Thursday. It's been a tough two days. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you're. it's another series where this is a series where the team that we're playing is ahead of us in the standings. And we are trying to sweep them. Like, yeah, we're trying to sweep every series, but like it's in play because if you can get two and then it's like, well, who knows? Maybe we could just fucking hit seven home runs on Thursday. Yeah, no, that that would have to be that would have to be the move. And it's funny how and I do this the same thing. Like I just pencil in the Cole games as wins and the Clark games as losses. But like perfect example, this Blue Jays series, they played four games. The only game they lost was the Cole game. So. We we can we do this and like I said I do this too. I don't really know how these games these games are going to go. Nestor has been he was better last time, but he's not has not been 2021 or 2022. Nestor have no idea what's going to happen there. And you mentioned the the punt lineup just real quick. I loved giving Judge a day today. Yeah. Peacock game Sunday on the road with an off day the next day. Like that is the game. That you do it against a National League team. You don't do it against a divisional team. You don't do it against an American League team. You're going to give Judge a load management day. You do it against the fucking Reds or the Pirates or whoever. I loved it. Especially with like a weird start time. Yeah. Like even if it's just a matter like because, again, who knows? 1130 game. When do they have to be at the stadium? 8 a.m.? 830? Boone's pretty lax. I'm sure he let it. He probably let him push it to nine or so. Okay. So maybe nine. Hey, Aaron, 1030. Sleep in, big fella. He probably doesn't take you up on it, but you give him the option. Like, you don't have to set the alarm. And with three, again, three Oriole games coming up, and it does make sense. I like how they do the double off day. You're giving him a two-day, giving yeah. him a two-day break. Um, no, I, I really like that. So I'm a going going Thursday and Saturday this week, um, and I'm a little bit bummed because it looks like I'm going to get – Clark in a bullpen game, but I've been really spoiled. What are you doing on Thursday? So Thursday, it's funny you mentioned that. So Thursday, they're playing the Orioles, and I have a buddy. It's an Orioles fan, never been to Yankee Stadium. We looked at the schedule a while back, and it's like, oh, Thursday before a holiday weekend. Like, work's going to be a joke the next day. You know what I mean? Like, good, good game to go to. And uh, it just sucks that it lines up for, for Clark Schmidt. But, dude, I didn't realize. So I'm so used to going on Fridays and Saturdays. Dude, I got tickets like 
row two of the 200 level for like 20 bucks on yeah, Thursday. Dude. Yeah. God, it's like a third of the price going during the week. I used to go to um, my last like two years living in New York. I went to over 40 games a year. Now, at the time, like I was, you know, I was with Barstool, so I was getting a lot of tickets for free. But at the same time, if you ever just wanted to like pick up tickets or and like that's why people give them because the weekday games, there are just so many of them. They're so cheap. Yeah, steal, steal. So, yeah, row two of the 200 level for. Um, oh, I have. So the tickets I got, have you been in the Pepsi lounge? Is that any cool? Is that the thing in center field? Yeah. Um, I mean, for a Thursday night game, it doesn't really matter that much because it's really good for like really hot days Okay. where it's like you use a little air conditioning. Gotcha. They have. So when you go in there, they have like two bars. So like you can go in there to get drinks. You can use a better bathroom. Oh. Um, they have like high tops that you could sit at, but they have like rows of seats, but those are like a specific ticket. So I've been in there a couple of times just to hang out, get drinks, cool down, but I've also sat there. And because it's like, you know, there's a tint on the glass uh, on the outside. It looks like when you're sitting there, it just looks like you're watching the game on a huge TV. Oh, so, so it's cool. the like, black and center field. It. It's like the yeah. that's that's it. It's oh. So it's cool. Check it out if you haven't been there. Yeah, I just the tickets I got have that and Audi Club in it. But I don't think like Audi Club to me is very underwhelming because there's no atmosphere. It's like being in an airport bar. Audi Club fucking sucks. Yeah, like I don't it. It's it's all enclosed. There's no atmosphere. It's in the, it's in the corner. You got to like go to the corner of the stadium to get yeah. to it. Anyway, the view sucks. And yeah. yeah, and there's nothing like you don't get anything for free. So like it's a hassle. Whereas De- Delta's Delta's sweet because you get great you get a great seat. Yeah, yeah. Delta. Delta, you get a great seat. Couple bars. They've got multiple food things in there. Free water. Free popcorn. And uh, so, yeah, Thursday, Thursday and Saturday, and I'll sign up for a split right now. I'm 4-0, gotten lucky seeing Cole for three of my four games, and, I, you know, I know at some point that they're going to come knocking on the door and I'm going to have to pay the piper, but 4-0 as of now. You got a big week coming up. I was in, get this, I was in Pittsburgh this week. Pirates on the road. They They come home, the Diamondbacks are there. Now I'm going to Arizona, Diamondbacks on the road. Like these are places where like I would have caught, you know, I would have got off the plane and just gone straight to the stadium. But yeah, no, nothing. That's happened to me. One time I was in Chicago and the the Cubs were away. So I was like, I'll go to a White Sox game. And I went to like a White Sox Royals game in September by myself. And it was one of the most depressing things I've ever done. And, you know, there's 10,000 people in the stands. It looks it feels like a jail in there. I did a pirate Pirates Braves game in 2019. Just like, hey, I landed. I got to go to a suburb. I don't got to be there till 11 a.m. tomorrow. I'm going to go check out this game. But speaking of the White Sox, you see here they called up today? No. The Red Monster, Clint Frazier. Really? Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) And Gary's playing for the Mets. And Gary Sanchez Sanchez is catching Max Scherzer for the Mets. Those are two guys that I could have seen never, like never coming back. And we were joking about Hicks, but like Clinton, Gary, two guys that wouldn't have been surprised if they just never made it back to the show. No, I like, 
I don't know, like sports are weird where like, you know, a guy like Gary Sanchez, who was in the major leagues last year, um, you know, goes through all of spring training without an offer. Well, without a contract that which leads me to believe he was getting some minor league offers, you sure. know, with, with like invitations to camp and he wasn't willing to bet on himself there. Um, and then, you know, took that Giants deal. But yeah, Gary Sanchez, New York Met. Gotta love it. Two time All Star. God, that feels feels so the fact that he's a two time All Star is, is crazy given where we are now. Like he's still living off that, and I think Clint's still living off I was the fifth pick in twenty thirteen or whenever that was. Yeah, like Clint is I mean, let's be frank about it. Clint's on his way out of baseball. Yeah. Like yeah. this this could be his last his last shot. So he's gotta be what, twenty seven, twenty eight now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so like he's gotta and so you gotta remember, like, so he was with Cleveland. They know him. They haven't brought him back. He was with the Yankees, non tendered. Was with the Cubs. They let him go. Was just with Texas. Now with the White Sox, like you've been in five organizations. So that's a good amount of the league that has an opinion of you. And remember and do, that all these GMs talk to each other and yeah, scouts. So and, I do know like there were times when the Yankees tried to make trades and included including Clint Frazier. And I believe it was the Padres were like, we're not taking him. We like whether or not we they could figure it out on the field. We just think like mentally there's something not there, which is like. I think like the the blow of being a number five pick and now having to bounce around the minor leagues and hope for a call up that will mentally fuck with you. And it seems like it has. I'm sure. I'm sure. Because you're not used to it. Right. And we always talk about it like you grow up. You're the best player on every team. You bat third on every single team that you're on. You play up. You get called up early. And now you're like now you're like a retread and you're kind of on the bottom of the barrel. It's you're like, a project. You don't want to yeah. be a project. You're not a, you know, you're the small fish in the big pond now. I wanted to, so we didn't even get to this. What did you, how did you think Sevy looked today? I thought he, I thought he looked good. I mean, there was a, he had a confidence that in himself that, you know, you just feel like isn't there when you've got Clark on the mound. Um, (laughs) I think you're going to, you know, he, we need to see more out of him, but it was nice to see him there even just for like four and two thirds because, you know, normally when we're seeing guys come out of the game after four and two thirds, they've given up five runs just because, like, we don't have the bullpen, whatever. This is because he's still getting stretched out. Only one run. I'll take it. It was exactly it was exactly what I was expecting. Around five innings. He touched ninety nine. He sat around ninety seven. He was that five, you know, four and two thirds, one run or whatever he gave up. Pretty standard. Uh, obviously, they're going to stretch him out more. I think he threw 72-ish pitches today. Next time, 80 and 90. Keep stretching him out. But I, I thought it was exactly what we were going to expect. And I think he's going to do everything he can to get a big contract. Obviously, he's in his walk year. I don't think that contract will come from the Yankees. But I do think he's going to be very solid when he's actually pitching, which hopefully is every fifth day um, through the end of October. Yeah. I You know, I think – yeah, he's got something to prove. We'll let someone else give him the right. bad contract. But, like, come out here and prove it. You know, we'll give you the best place to showcase your talent. 
it's nice to have him back. It does suck that like that happens. Herman's suspension almost makes it feel like we're still shorthanded. Yeah. And he's not back yet. But I mean, whenever this Herman thing's over, which I think Herman would be eligible to come back and pitch maybe this Saturday or Sunday. And then they'll have a full roster again. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, we we just got to keep going. Um, keep chipping away at that. It's a long season. So we chip away at that six and a half games. You know, next thing you know, you're trying to get that down to five. Try to get it to three. Try to get it to one. And then you're there. And even if we did get the... If we got the, I think it's the four seed for the first wild card, we would get still get home field advantage in an opening playoff series. So that's also something to something to shoot for. But let's shoot for the division while we while we can while it's still there. Yeah, you can follow Nick on Twitter at nkirbyny. You can follow me at JJ from the Bronx. Follow the show at George's Pod. Nick will be there on Saturday. We'll we'll monitor the weather. We'll see what's going on. Go to BronxPinstripes.com to get your ticket. $75 gets you a ticket with a whole bunch of people. Uh, I believe you can a T-shirt and there's a pregame and there's probably other stuff included. They're always a good time. So go and do that and we'll see you there or we'll see you at the parade.